It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder, how Shaden Sharp declaring for the 2022 NBA draft is a huge win for the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus it's Fan Friday, so it's time for your mailbag questions on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Shaden Sharp declaring for the 2022 NBA draft and how awesome that is for the Thunder and a massive win for this draft class. Plus, it's your questions on this Fan Friday we got questions about the rebuild, who's closer being back to the playoffs, the Pistons or the Thunder, and which players are rising up draft boards in the early process of the NBA draft. Today's show's a bit delayed, a couple, a few hours, many hours delayed, uh, because I have not had internet since Thursday at 12.30, which pushed back the recording with Richard Saman, which is supposed to be Thursday at 12.30, pushes it all the way back to, Wednesday, to Monday, so on Tuesday... You're going to hear our Chet Holmgren player profile projection. Monday, we're kicking off our player profile projection for the prospects in the 2022 NBA draft with Jabari Smith. So tune in for that by subscribing wherever you get podcasts from on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts from. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder so you can hear our prospect player profile and projections for the 2022 class. Again, Monday, Jabari Smith, Tuesday, Chet Holmgren, and today, Let's talk Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp declares for the NBA draft, and we will have a profile on him as well. But just as a piece of news, Shaden Sharp declares for the NBA draft. And what was a fascinating saga, he graduates high school in May, everyone thinks, and uh, went to Kentucky in December and then just did not play for the Wildcats at all this year and then enters the NBA draft, we thought. And then it wasn't clear for you in the NBA draft. And then he entered the NBA draft without hiring an agent, so that way he can stay eligible in college. And then we get the saga down to from Shamshrani of The Athletic that he has entered the NBA draft and plans to stay in the NBA draft. So the one foot in, one foot out, Shaden Sharp hokey pokey of the 2022 NBA draft is over, and it appears that Shaden Sharp will be draftable in a couple of months in the 2022 NBA draft. So what does this mean for the Thunder, and why is this such a big win? Look, this is going to sound crazy. You know that I have pretty measured takes on this podcast. This is going to be one of my more wild takes, I believe. But Shaden Sharp is my number four prospect in this NBA draft. I know it's scary. I know that he 
hasn't played in college basketball and we've only seen EAU high school stuff. But the Thunder aren't scared to take a big swing, despite him not playing in college. The last Thunder player to play in college that the Thunder drafted with their first draft, draft pick in a class is DeMontis Sabonis. I think that this is a really good pick for the Thunder if they do not have the lottery luck of selecting the top three. It also just simply elongates this draft. With the fear that the Thunder pick could fall you know, down to six and could just be you know, not in the top three, much less not even at four where you uh, are supposed to be slotted at right now, the pick could technically fall all the way to eight with a 2.2% chance, could fall to seven with a 16.7% chance, and of course at six with the highest odds at 26% chance of falling to six. So this just stretches out the talent pool that you think could you know, hypothetically be NBA stars. That's great for the Thunder in and of itself. Kevin O'Connor has Shaden Sharp at six on his big board, says that it's shades of Paul George, a taller Bradley Beal, Jalen Green even. Shaden Sharp is a 6'6 wing that's 175 pounds, 19 years old. And again, I'm just not scared of Shaden Sharp because if you don't get the luck of drafting in the top three, you have to be able to take and be comfortable taking huge swings that could swing you into contention. It could swing you into a dynasty, but it also could set you back a year or two. The thing with the Thunder is by compiling historic draft capital, you've set yourself up to where you can afford a miss here and there. As long as it's a miss that's trying to put you on the right path of getting a top tier player, which Shaden Sharp can be. He's a great athlete. He can shoot. He can create for himself. I think that if he nails the interview process, if he nails the private workout process, the Thunder, I think, will and should evaluate him at pick four if they're landing there or five or six or wherever they land. Because Jaden Ivey is not a perfect traditional fit with this Thunder team. While he's still a great player and while he's my number five prospect, he's not a, a clear-cut fit for the Thunder. I think Shaden Sharp might fit better with what the team's trying to do. And that's a lot of ifs, right? You have to impress this Thunder team and Sam Presti from a cultural fit. You have to show your improvement because we haven't gotten to see you play since you know, high school in these private workouts. But again, the Thunder took Pokashevsky. The Thunder took a swing on Darius Baisley, on Terrence Ferguson. And while those were lower stake swings, those weren't top five swings, top six swings, top 10 swings, while those did not have the impact this swing would, it just shows that there's no fear if you truly believe something can pan out. And sometimes you're going to be wrong. But he's a Canadian. He's a quote-unquote Kentucky guy. He's already gotten a shout-out from Shea on Twitter before. Of course, Shea going to Kentucky and also being a Canadian. And to me, when you're working on what we have for Shaden Sharp, when you're working on the film we have, when you're working on the data we have with Shaden Sharp, the only true negatives is the fact that he's unknown. And in my opinion, that should not be enough to deter you, and it's not enough to deter Sam Presti from taking a player if you feel like that player can play. While it's a very confusing saga, while it's untraditional, while it's not something that we predicted to happen, the only drawbacks to his game, a guy in which is being compared to shades of Paul George and a taller Bradley Beal, 
and Jalen Green by Kevin O'Connor, who I think is the most respected draft mine out there. The only drawbacks we have is, yeah, you know, sometimes he falls asleep on defense, and sometimes he has bad shots, and sometimes, you know, he uh, you know gets caught napping off ball, right? Those are those are the main takeaways from this game in a negative concept. We explain those takeaways away, or at least I do, for college kids all the time. Now put Shane Sharp, this ultra athlete, this NBA talent, this lottery pick without stepping on a college floor. You put him in an AAU game. You put him in a high school game. Of course he's not going to be engaged. Of course he's going to try different things and, and take bad shots and put it all on him. But as long as he works out with the Thunder well and interviews with him well and can compartmentalize that and can shift his mindset, then the positives are overwhelmingly outweighing the negatives. What do you think on Shaden Sharp? Is this a pick the Thunder should make in this upcoming draft? How do you think this, this, this saga ends? Are we are we all aboard the uh, Shams report that he's going to stay in the NBA draft? But I, I, I love him, and we're going to do my NBA big board uh, for the lottery, you know, 1 through 14 coming up. Also going to answer your questions as we do every Friday. I got questions about the 30th pick, which is refreshing uh, to not just keep uh, harping on the top pick, and then also... Uh, which player do I think will be the most improved after a full off season of basketball and uh, how the Thunder will approach this NBA draft. But we're just getting started on draft coverage again, Monday, Jabari Smith profile, Tuesday, Chet Holmgren profile, and we're going to keep it rolling all throughout this draft coverage, getting through every prospect uh, player profile and projection that we can until the draft day. And then after the draft, of course, we'll review the draft and get ready for the next season. It's locked on thunder, your teams every single day, including in the off season. So subscribe, of course, wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that fun stuff. But let's continue this show. But first, I want to say right now about your friends over at Truebill. Truebill is fantastic, folks. Truebill is where you want to be because you need to know something. That these websites and apps and companies create free trial to auto-renew without your consent. It's a business scam to get you out of your money. So do not let these greedy corporations line their pockets with your money. Download Truebill to take full advantage and control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, you do not want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly easy Just link your accounts and Truebill will do the rest and cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel your unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users. It helps them save up to $100 million like Matthew B. who says, quote, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 this year on my DirecTV bill. I saved $120 this year on my SiriusXM bill. And this year, I saved $840, $840 on my car insurance. So do not fall for subscription scams any longer. Subscription scams are going to try to get you. Don't fall for them. Start canceling today at Truba.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truba.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could save thousands of dollars a year by going to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Also, want to tell you about your friends over at Built Bar, folks. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, 
Use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. And folks, Built Bar makes it incredibly easy to do the right thing because they're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're great for pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement. But what's the best about Built Bar is that they're a healthy option for you that still has plenty of flavors. A lot of the times doing the healthy thing results in you limiting yourself and eating the same things over and over again and getting burnt out of them. Not with Built Bar. Built Bar has fantastic protein bars with amazing flavors like white chocolate cookies and cream, cookies and cream, coconut almond, coconut mint brownie, double chocolate brownie, peanut butter, so many great flavors. And they have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Want to say right now, the Better Good Friends over at the Locked On Now podcast, your first listen every single morning, every single day. They're there for you talking about the NBA from the night before. It's a nightly recap show of every NBA game with analysis and breakdowns from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast from. We know that it's hard to keep up with every single NBA game in your hustle and bustle life. But Lockdown Now is doing that for you. And again, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball for your second listen. Go check out Lockdown Now. And remember, our schedule coming up is loaded with player profiles for these prospects starting on Monday with Jabari Smith. Let's talk about my NBA big board heading into the lottery. Number one, I have Jabari Smith Jr. Spoiler alert, Monday is going to just be me loving up on Jabari Smith Jr. because I think he is the best fit for the Thunder. I love his ability to spot up shoot, and I think that his game seamlessly translates to what the Thunder need and can complement SGA and Josh Giddy among the best in this class, right? And, and to me, when we're talking rebuild, when we're talking who the Thunder should take, the number one priority should be how do they fit next to those two guys and how do they work into improving those two guys' game and vice versa. How do those two guys improve the prospect's game? Jabari Smith, to me, checks all the boxes. He's my number one prospect. Number two, I have Chet Holmgren. We're going to talk about Tuesday. Number three, Paulo Bancaro. And I want to make this disclaimer. This is a draft class to me where there's no true answer. I think you could get across and gather around 20 people who have strong draft opinions, who study the NBA draft year-round, who deeply you know, deeply familiarize themselves with the NBA draft, and they could all come away with a different answer on who their number one, two, and three prospects are. They could all have a different combination of, yeah, I've got, I've got Jabari one, but I have Apollo two and Chet three, or Chet number one, Jabari two, follow through it, whatever combination it is that everyone can have a different combination. So these are separated to me by a razor thin edge. These top three, Jabari, Chet, and Paulo. And I think that if the Thunder walk away with one of these three players on draft night, it should be cause for celebration in the streets of Bricktown. My number four though is Shaden Sharp. I think it's a hot take. It might not be, but I think it is uh, just based on where I've seen other people have them. Look, Shaden Sharp to me screams superstar, and not the of the players not named Chet, Paolo, or Jabari in this draft. He's one of the only ones that screams superstar off the page. He's just true bona fide superstar. Other guys can be good scores. Other guys can be really good players, high end players, but superstar 
is what I would say the ceiling is for Shaden Sharp. Now, how often do you reach that ceiling? And how much more difficult will it be to reach that ceiling, not going to college and not going the traditional route? We'll have to wait and see. But I have it for because of the upside, which I still think the Thunder will truly care about more than a lot of different things at this point in the rebuild. Number five, Jaden Ivey. Look, I love Jaden Ivey as a prospect. And I think that that needs to get put across more, <laughs> right? Because while I do worry about how he fits next to a combination of SGA and Josh Gady and, you know, throwing Lou Dort there as well. How can you play all those four guys together in this mix individually, separate of teams, separate of where he gets drafted, just him as a player. He's a really, really, really good player. And I think he's going to have a very long NBA career. And I think that if the Thunder were to draft him, while it might take a bit longer to find that rhythm, to find that groove with this, with this roster to mesh together, I think eventually it will because those are three really good players. And typically, if good players want to, they do figure out how to play together. And so I do really like J9. It's just I worry about the fit with this specific team in Oklahoma City. Number six, I have AJ Griffin. Uh, number seven, Keegan Murray. And number eight, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is somebody who I've seen a ton of Thunder fans love. Uh, the more I've watched him, the more I've liked him. So I've moved him up and up my board. And he's one of the biggest risers of the last time we did this exercise a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jalen Duran is number eight. Jalen Duran is number eight. Number nine, Johnny Davis. Number 10, Benedict, uh, Benedict uh, Murthin. And then number 11, Dyson Daniel. Dyson Daniel is a player much like Candy Chandler, who I really, really like, but I don't know if I like them for the Thunder, right? And Candy Chandler is a player that at the start of the year was a consensus top you know, 14 pick, and now some places have him in the low 20s and 30s of this draft. Dyson Daniel, however, has maintained that lottery status. I like Dyson Daniel. Again, I think that if the Thunder were to end up with Dyson Daniel, he could fit with the Thunder, but I don't know how. Like The, the, the fit is not clear and obvious to me. But again, much like the Jaden Ivey exercise, if you talk about Dyson Daniel as a player individually, I love his game. And, and he could be another guy who moves up as we see more from him at the combine and hear more about how his interviews are going. Number 12, Mark Williams. I would love that that player for the Clippers pick if it lands at, if it, you know, if it stays at 12. Number 13, I have Jaden Hardy. And 14, Akai Baji. Now, typically, a guy like Baji who has limited ceiling does not reach this status for me especially whenever evaluating this from a Thunder perspective. But when you get to 12, 13, 14, if I can guarantee you that player has a 7, 8, 9, 10-year career, and if I can guarantee you that player has less than a 5% chance of busting in the NBA, I'm going to take those odds. I'm going to take that player, right? He's that good. Whereas his ceiling might not be that of a Shaden Sharp. That can be a superstar, but his floor is a lot higher. His floor to me, again, is is a less than 5% chance that he's out of the league in, in three or four years and can't play. I think Abashi can really play in the NBA, and that's why I have him running up the lottery. What is your lottery big board to this point? Who do I have overrated? I think a lot of you will say Shaden Sharp. And who do I have underrated uh, in this year's NBA draft so far? Again, this big board can change all throughout this process, but right now, this is the baseline for my big board entering the NBA draft lottery. Where are you guys at on these prospects and how do you think things will change between now and draft day for the Thunder and for the rest of basketball? But I do want to say right now, my good friends over at Shady Rays because the Thunder future is so bright, you need Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses co uh, company that gives you the features of a $200 sunglass frame with a fraction 
of the price. That means you get polarized lenses. That means you get well-constructed durable frames. That means you get premium high-end finishes. Also, something you will not find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes loss and broken protection on every pair. You, you will get sent a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happens to them. Give them a try and you will not uh, you will not regret it because if you do not love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the code Locked On. That's ShadyRays.com. Use the code Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code Locked On for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses. Backed by over five, backed by over a hundred and fifty thousand five star reviews. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm Rylan Styles. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast for a breakdown of all things NBA as we head into the postseason and we're in the midst of the first round and so many things are happening right now. Locked on NBA should covered from a national perspective. And also if there's a specific series you're very in on right now, follow it by listening to the Locked On podcast that correlates with that team. Locked on Mavericks, Locked On Grizzlies, Locked On Wolves, Locked On Jazz. Everything, every team has a podcast. Go check them out wherever you get your podcast from, and subscribe to Locked on Thunder for free across all platforms because we're going to stay five days a week throughout the offseason. You will not want to miss this special Thunder content. We're back, though, and let's end today's episode of Fan Friday with your mailbag questions. The first one from at Mavs Draft. Who is one player you would love to see OKC take with the Suns draft pick that you could realistically see rising up draft boards to 30? Um, I assume that this question from Richard, who's going to be on our podcast on Tuesday, is asking what second round player I think the Thunder would swing on at pick 30. This is going to be another hot take. I'm just full of them today, folks. But knowing what we know, right, last year and throughout this season, I've been all over it, that the Thunder loved Jordan Hall. In my opinion, Jordan Hall is one of the best playmakers in the draft, if not the best pure playmaker in this draft. And the Thunder have been known at the end of the draft, you know, when I say end of the draft, end of the first round through the second round, to go get their guy at any cost to ensure they're going to have their player and not wait and risk not having him. I could see Jordan Hall rising up. If the Thunder start to get intel that, you know, he's rising from 40 to 32 or 33 before 34, they could just go ahead and say, screw it, let's take him at pick 30 and take Jordan Hall because the Thunder made it known also that they're going to be comfortable taking all four picks and heading into the training camp period with all four draft picks and making tough decisions after that. So him getting a first round contract to me would not shock me about the Thunder if they truly do still love him after the pre-draft process and after 
uh, his second year at St. Joe's and what all Jordan Hall can bring. He's one of my risers, I think. And then from there, it just depends on where you see different guys mocked and where you see different guys um, pegged for in this draft. I think that the end could, could move up and, and at some places he's in the lottery and some places he's 34, 35, 36, 37. I think he could rise up. Uh, if Patrick Baldwin jr. Slips, that's an easy pick for me at pick 30. Uh, I, I think that Patrick Baldwin, Baldwin jr. Should be a, a first round pick and would fit well with the thunder, especially if you go Jabari Smith with your first pick. And then at 12, you get Mark Williams or whatever. I think Patrick Baldwin jr. Really helps out uh, at pick 30. So there's a lot of interesting options, uh, but again, it just kind of depends on everyone's opinion on the big board right now. From at Kevin Butler, which player do you think will the most improved uh, season following this offseason for the Thunder? With a full offseason, which Thunder player comes back and looks the best or looks the most improved? I just struggle to not say Josh Giddy. And, and I don't like to say a guy leap, you know, making a leap from year one to two is... Um, the most improved because players at that stage should be improving by the technical, by the technicality of the NBA most improved reward. I think that the NBA most improved reward should go to guys in their third, fourth, fifth, sixth year, not guys one to two, but for the sake of just scoping in on the thunder, if you believe that Josh Giddy is a very hard worker, which we all do. If you believe that Josh Giddy eats, sleeps and breathes basketball, wants to get better at basketball, which we all do. If you believe the Thunder have a very good culture of developing talent, which we all do, if you believe Mike Wilkes can be a very good shooting coach for Josh Giddy, which we all do, then I struggle not to say Josh Giddy because to make a noticeable improvement in his game where it's easy to see both with the eye test and with the basketball reference page and, and just in every facet, stats, eye test, everything, the easiest pathway is Josh Giddy. Because if he improves his jump shot even a little bit, even to league average or just below league average, then it takes his game to the next level. It takes his game to the next step. And that's something that's going to be easily done in the offseason or could be easily done in the offseason. So I think that he's a guy that, that sticks out to me as who could be the most improved whenever they return in October for training camp. Uh, also, your take is that the Thunder will draft a defensive-minded player. Uh, in terms of grading this take, which I know that you know, I said that I would do for people who send me their takes for, about the Thunder, it's a solid B or C just simply because it's not right or wrong. I think that there's no clear answer right now, um, and there's no right or wrong answer right now for the Thunder. They're not in that stage of their of their rebuild where you have to go identify this as a player you want. Right? They're not so worried about needs, right? Technically speaking, they need a center, right? But they're not going to force themselves to take a center with these four picks if one is not clearly the best player available or clearly one of the best players available that they can get away with it. If they have to take three wings and a guard because those are the best talents on the board, I think they'd be comfortable doing that. If they take three defensive players in one pure bucket, I think they're okay doing that. They're okay taking whoever they think is the best player on the board. So, Will they want to take a defensive player? Will they prioritize defense? I think yes. Uh, but again, it's tough to say either way because of where they're at in the rebuild. Uh, from underscore Trungley, apologize if I didn't say your username right on Twitter, but in terms of the upcoming NBA draft, who do we end up drafting in the top three picks if we want to accelerate the tanking period to kind of make it shorter? And who in the top three picks would make that timeline longer? So since you've capped it at top three, in my opinion, 
there's not a clear project. Like there's not a clear, even, even chat is not a Poku level project. I know that a lot of us have Poku PTSD and that's mainly why Poku's our second prospect on the, on the profile and projection series with Richard Stamen, because I want to kind of negate that Poku PTSD, right? But any of those three guys, Paulo, Chet, Jabari, they're so good. They're so impactful that if you give them this culture, whatever you'd like to call it, culture, space to develop, tools, resources, players with Josh Giddy SGA, you give them this under organization. They're so good that the timeline will only get smaller. It will not get longer unless they just suck at basketball, right? That's the only thing that can elongate the timeline. If anything, it gets shorter because you are now turning your roster over to the point where you're taking a good player, you're taking out a bad one. You're taking a good player, you're taking out a bad one. That's where the Thunder are at right now, where they're at that point where they've flushed out the roster enough to where every addition they make is subtracting a bad guy, a bad player, or a player that doesn't really fit in the NBA modernly or however you want to want to crutch it, right? And you're getting to that point where you're just a really good young team that has to grow together. So I don't think there's a player that would set the Thunder back in the top three. I don't think there's a player that would make the Thunder a playoff team next year, like Evan Mobley did for the for the Cavs and, and how he helped them immediately. I guess you could see that scenario happening, but to me, the top three are all just such good players and none of them are just clear like, oh, you got to give him five years or you can't expect anything from him until year three. Like all these guys can either burst on the scene in year one or two, or they just won't be productive in the NBA. So like to me, there's none of these three guys will limit your timeline in a bad way. Uh, from at MK32591, hot take, the Pistons will be back in the playoffs sooner than people think, just like OKC. Yeah, I mean, I, I would give that take a B plus because although it's the Pistons, I love Troy Weaver as a guy to change that organization's identity and culture and uh, make smart decisions with his trades and draft picks. And that's the whole reason why the Thunder wanted Cade Cunningham, right? That's the whole reason why Thunder fans obsessed over Cade Cunningham. You get a guy like Cade Cunningham, and all of a sudden it's easier to build your roster. Now imagine Cade Cunningham in OKC with SGA and, and with the tools that Thunder have, right? So yeah, I think the, the, the Thunder and Pacer, the Thunder and Pistons are right there in terms of trajectory and in terms of getting back to the playoffs. Uh, I think that they're kind of on the same wavelength here with the Thunder having a small leg up because of the resources of the extra draft picks. And then another hot take from at MK32591. The Mavs are a dark horse to win the West. I mean, depending on that Devin Booker injury, uh, yeah, I completely agree. Depending on how long Booker's out for, uh, they've looked excellent against the Jazz. Uh, they look like they've demoralized the Jazz and broken the Jazz down. And we could see a disastrous offseason in Utah where you trade Rudy, you trade Donovan Mitchell, and you start over, right? But, you know, the Mavericks have looked this good without Luka Doncic. And now you're going to put Luka Doncic back in this team that plays really good team basketball and looks totally different than the KP-Luka tandem. This is a team that Luka can seamlessly fit into and these guys can still produce and so, yeah, if D-Book misses next round, I really think that the Mavs could go to the Western Conference Finals, and then from there, anything can happen at that point. The Warriors will be a very tough out. The Suns will be a very tough out. But a dark horse, yes, the Mavericks are a dark horse to me. So I give that take an A+. But that's the podcast for today. Again, Monday, we're going to have a Jabari Smith profile and projection. So let, let me know where he ranks for you on your big board and, the, and your fit with the Thunder. And until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 